0: Hi, welcome to A Funny Thing Happened. On the way to the podcast, we're here with Ted Hoxie, who is the CEO of BD's. Currently, we're in the St. Catharines location. Thank you for I meeting hope so. with us. so. Yes. <laughs> if we're not, we're kind of lost. Yes. Thank you very much for meeting with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Um, Pleasure meeting you today. You've always been on my radar to do, to do this. We just needed the perfect time, and since we're going to be talking with Doug Frazier and stuff like that, right. it seemed like the perfect time to approach you. And then scheduling and everything so here we are Um, my main question is how did all of this come to be is I don't know if they can see it but it's a big open ended question I know there is but there's a roadmap behind us and Ted Mm -hmm. became CEO in 1994
1: I was thank you for reminding me that is (laughs) the year of my birth (laughs) said many times (laughs) (laughs) I won't Uh, tell you what it bored But back in 1860, the company was established by a couple, Mr. and Mrs. Bixby, and they opened a, um, a store very similar to um, Christopher's Smoke Shop on G- James Street, where it was like magazines, it was a lending library, and they sold paper supplies. So my grandfather, when they moved here from Quebec, was looking for a job at an early age, and he applied to be a uh, delivery driver on a bicycle, but the story goes he wasn't tall enough, so he had to come back the following year, and he got reapplied, and he was hired. In subsequent years, he took over the company. Uh, Unfortunately, Mr. Bixby passed away, and he worked for Mrs. Bixby for many years, and she offered to sell the company to him, which he did, and that became uh, Beatty's uh, just before World War II. Uh, during the war, my grandfather took a partner on Lloyd Hill for a number of years, and then Lloyd left. Um, the family was pretty well owned by my grandfather, his uh, wife Florence Beatty, and my two my mother and my aunt. My grandfather had no sons, only daughters. And but in perspective, I am the oldest grandson. So congratulations. So, so <laughs> but my grandfather. Um, Ran the company and he brought in Roger Beatty, which is his nephew. And uh, the Beatty family had six halves. So there's uh, Roger Beatty's half had 11 brothers and sisters. So there was like a tribe, <laughs> and we were the smaller half. But Big Roger family. liked the business and became my grandfather's right hand person. Um, Somewhere in the early seventies, my grandfather got Parkinson's disease and it got to be 1979 and he could no longer handle his affairs. So he ended up selling the majority of the company to Roger Beatty. And at that, during those years, I worked part-time on my grandfather's horse farm. That was my first love, helped my granddad on the farm because I could drive the company pickup truck without a license. <laughs> well, that's um, fun. And the other area was uh, I got to come to in the afternoon after school to sweep the sidewalks and put the we had a awning in the front to make sure the merchandise wasn't tainted, so it had to be rolled down every day at three <laughs> thirty. But my grandfather always had the passion for uh, being in business, and I sort of I sort of admired that growing up. My the other grandchildren were younger than I was, and my sister, though, they all showed interest. They had more interest in the farm than they did in the business. So, My grandfather, when he got sick, wanted to make sure that all of us, all grandchildren, had a, um, a trust fund set up to make sure that we had money for education, and that was the purpose of it. Um, all eight of us got uh, envelopes that year, and mine had a little note in it saying, yours will come at a later date. So over the course of the next ten years, I forgot all about it. I um, <laughs> I resigned from the company and I decided I was gonna go for my honors BA and at the time was Waterloo Lutheran in Waterloo. I completed my first year, I came back and was broke and I needed a part time job. So I phoned Roger up, who's my second cousin. So Roger offered me a job in the Delivering furniture, so I came back um, that summer, and I'm on the job about a week, and my grandfather's executor, phoned me up, and said, "I hear you're back working in the company," and I said, "Yes," and he said, "Well, tomorrow we'd like to have a meeting at Joe Reed's office, the Reed McDonald law firm, because we need to disclose something." Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a shock. Little nervous. i have never been to a law firm, especially when you're 19 years old. I thought I did something wrong, but I didn't. <laughs> so I go to the law firm the next day, and I find out that uh, it was my granddad's wishes that, um, if I returned back to the company when I was 21, that my trust was equated to shares in the company, hmm. and that's how I got involved in B.D.S. way, way back in 19. uh, let see when I graduate. 82, I believe. And I've done all sorts of numerous jobs. And of course, Roger um, and I were only second cousins. Uh, Over the course of the years, Roger brought his two brothers in. They bought up my mother and my aunt. And so there was a, Roger was the majority shareholder. I was a minority shareholder along with Don and Howie. So over the course, Roger and I certainly had a bond relationship. I looked at him as a a coach and a mentor and uh, We went through the good times and the bad times together. Um, Howie got out uh, a few years later. And Don retired, I can't really remember, maybe 15 or 16 years ago. Um, But over the course, we've seen a lot of changes in the company. We started off as a a stationery store with Hallmark greeting cards, uh, gifts. Really. We were books. Office supplies was a small portion of the business, and furniture was pretty well non existent. That's changed a little bit. Yeah, so when I took over from Roger in 1994, we sort of had a chuckle because everything he built I tore apart when I took over. I had to, the times were changing. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the box store channel coming in, we had um, massive retailers like Grand Toys, Staples just opened on Bunning Road. so. Um, and I really didn't know how to manage the cards of the gift business or the book business. It was sort of out of my realm. I grew up in the office supply trade, not so much furniture, but that was my heart, my passion. So we started changing and that's the way we are today. We're, um, we had almost, um, we had three Hallmark stores at the time, very similar to the Hallmark store over here at the Box Store Plaza. Huh. They were strictly Hallmark and gifts. And then we had stores in Welland, Niagara Falls, um, Fort Erie, um, two, one in the north end of St. Catharines at the Grantham Plaza. Okay. So, but looking to the future, the retail was, I could see it changing dramatically in our space, so we pretty well Back 20 years ago, I bet we were 50% retail and 50% what I call commercial, like B2B business. And today we're 95% B2B and 5% retail.
0: Yeah, you're, I was, having worked here, worked not in this boardroom, but worked for BDS. Yes, at the print shop. Yes, at the print shop. It was amazing how many, I can't say amazing, but I never really understood how much, how many business accounts you really had on a day-to-day basis, how many people would come in and, yeah. and do their business transactions through mm-hmm. their account. So that's your, mm-hmm. I believe you when you say it's 95 to five, it's very easy to believe.
1: Yeah. And that, that, that wasn't our choice. That was just the way the market went and you'd make the adjustments, you'd make the changes. I think that's why family businesses, um, that have survived for a long time because they, they know they have to make that change with purpose. Um, and it wasn't always an easy choice. Like I remember when we were downtown St. Catharines and um, we had our warehouse in the b- bottom two basements. We had a freight elevator and we had a conveyor belt. And everything we sell is heavy. So you can imagine taking two skids of copy paper down in the morning and taking uh-huh. it back out and as you wrapped it and sent it back out in the truck. So it was pretty well inefficient. We had a furniture warehouse across town. so. When I was faced with the decision to um, sell the downtown properties and find suitable space, it was a difficult choice. It was kind of scary. We moved in, this building it was 55,000 square feet. And I remember the, my management team and the staff were going, what are we ever gonna put in here to fill it? <laughs> we filled it in two years, so.
0: And it's it's really impressive. It was always interesting yeah. to see people coming in and Unfortunately, either they never realize how big the store was, but they walk in and they're in awe. They're like, this place is
1: huge. <laughs> well, it took them a while to get used to because uh, it's, it's, it's also a store, it's a warehouse, and it's a showroom. So a lot of people when our retail customers or even some of our commercial customers, you've worked there, you've been in the warehouse part, they never see that, so. That
0: is true. And to wear, I mean, when, on weekends when we don't have uh, um, warehouse people or anything like that. It was always interesting to see people's reactions when we said, oh, we can just go get it for you from our warehouse. They're like, oh, where is that? <laughs> like, just, just there. It's about just a 10-minute
1: walk and the poor customer is yeah. wondering where you went to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, no, it's a very, very interesting yeah. operation. And I do have to say, I heard the story that you told kind of, through the grapevine, having worked here, and it basically is very close to verbatim what you said. So there's there's some real knowledge in how you came to be. So that was that was interesting. Yeah,
1: I've had a, a long career, but I've been blessed with uh, very good staff, a good supportive team, um, and I've had a lot of very good coaches and coaches and mentors in the business, not only here but in the business community. And also, we have an, an industry association called COPA. Okay. And I sat on the board there for a couple of years, and I got to meet you know, our competitors, Staples, Grand, and Toys. So mm-hmm. they were sort of my idols growing up in the business. So I got to meet them face to face. And they're no different than what we are, just 100 times the size. Mm-hmm. But we all, we all face the same tal- challenges in the marketplace. And our industry will change, and will continue to change.
0: On the note of change, I'm actually kind of curious what some of the most recent changes were to the business. What things have been reworked perhaps in the last five um, or six years?
1: The, the last two years, we've had a very strong focus on office furniture and machines. Okay, That's sort of our niche in the marketplace. They both require, uh, in the machine business, we have to have technical expertise, we have to have repair. What kind of machines are we talking here? So we are a Canon dealer, that's yeah. first okay, so and foremost. Big printers we, and things. Yeah, yeah, we've been a Canon dealer okay. now for 42 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took on the Samsung product line about three years ago, and of course they were bought by HP, so now we're an HP dealer. Mm-hmm. So. But Canon by far is our, our major backbone. And we've been a Interesting. We, we believe that when we brought the product line on, we had an obligation to our customers to make sure that we, if they bought the product and they're not cheap to buy, uh, to make sure that we had the continuity that we would be continuing with the canon product lineup that we would have the technical experience to repair it. Mm-hmm. so And the furniture end of it, um, recent acquisition in Burlington, um, almost doubled our furniture business, but it gave us the uh, the support staff that we needed. Uh, we have now three full-time designers. Uh, we have, three full-time furniture installation teams. Before, sometimes, we would have to job it out to third-party installers, uh, under our supervision, of course. But uh, it gave us more expanded uh, territory, so we moved into Kitchener-Waterloo, Guelph. It's reaching out there, yeah? yeah, Hamilton, Burlington, up to Mississauga. So we pretty well believe that we want to be able to continue to have our home base here in our warehouse operation here and We prefer to deliver everything in our trucks our drivers our people than to use contracted people
0: so it Helps for the branding those red trucks yes. all I, around. I saw one today. Yeah, with right, the right BD's by. logo. Oh, yeah. It's
1: That was a new brand that occurred about uh, three years ago
0: so yeah. yeah, the rebranding before I started working here you yeah. were known as BD's basics how like okay. how does that work because you still sell basic products but the names
1: yep So different. way back um, almost 45 years ago, Roger Beattie and six other dealers got together in Canada to collectively produce catalogs and flyers because it was very expensive as an independent dealer to do your own. So they went to Home Hardware and talked to the chairman of the board there who helped them set a, a buying group up. So, <laughs> Basics was a, is a buying group that's owned by 23 independent dealers of similar size and stature within Canada. So we own our buying and procurement office that's located in Cambridge. And we have a, um, a full-time president, we have a staff of 25 and it's managed by a board of directors elected by our shareholders. And that's the other hat I wear. I'm chairman of the Board of Basics. Hopefully I retire in 2020, they promised me. I've done it <laughs> for eight years but been a board member for 15. So, Wow.
0: I guess that makes sense. There's always yeah. buying power in mass, so to have a yeah. central company that buys for...
1: Yeah. So they, we don't warehouse anything so to speak. They're all vendor contracts negotiated everything is uh, built centrally but everything is shipped to each dealer in the country Hmm. and from that we produce our own annual catalog Uh, we have a shared online ordering system we have um what was the other thing we just slipped my mind uh, sale flyers any promotional material yeah and our private product line and that's where it was getting confusing trying to explain to customers, are you owned by Basics? Are you part of Basics? I thought you're an independent dealer, so. During the rebranding, we decided to drop the word Basics and to go back to our roots, which is BDs. But our relationship with Basics still continues. And the, the
0: private label, or the private brand that you said, that's all the Basics branded? That's correct, right? yeah.
1: It's like a product line Yeah, that we have manufactured for us by Canadian or US vendors. Okay, very, very neat. I always
0: figured that was probably how it worked. Um, now I'm drawing a blank too. The, I mean, you, you've you done this for for a while, do you see? Like, what's the next step? Do you continue in furniture or is there an um, area? We talked about the past,
1: but. I, th- I think the biggest change that we're all going to need furniture. Yes. The design, the office settings are all going to change. There is a trend to work from home, mm-hmm. but yes. now there's a trend to come back because people miss the uh, the daily contact in, the, in an office. It's tough working at your house when you have to walk upstairs to a bedroom that is a converted office and yes. do eight hours worth of work. So
0: the Motivation on that is sometimes yeah. hard too because you're home so to Yes. yes, some c- succumb to procrastination. Yeah. I think no. is the dividing the home life and the work life. That's one of my worst right. things. I need maybe hard the to divide. a lot of people go to like cafes like Starbucks to work. So maybe the next yeah. step is putting
1: office furniture in cafes. Like we've seen <laughs> the trends, you know, like we everybody had high walls. Now the walls came down to an open concept, and that yeah. didn't work too well because it gave the people no privacy in the office. And mm-hmm. so now we're up to half walls and. More uh, congregation areas and sitting areas, so that that whole industry is evolving because as offices um, change and downsize because the high price of real estate, they're not having big 500 square foot corner offices anymore. They're like 100 square feet. Mm-hmm. The machine business is evolving from uh, copiers to scanning to faxing to large multifunction machines that can be hooked to a network. So if you're a company that has 13 offices in North America, you can print from Toronto and send it to Philadelphia. You don't have to write through the copier.
0: I'll be 100% honest. The first time I had ever sent a fax was working for you faxing is not <laughs> part of my okay. day-to-day routine, but the amount of people that came in to fax at the at the copy center, I, c- I couldn't believe it. So it, the, fa- the fact that you mentioned the faxes are still a big part of
1: So we measure our orders that come in. So we probably get less than 5% by they call it in. Um, some still mail orders in. Oof. Some, uh, f- about 30% of our orders are still faxed in the balance around online. Believe it or not, there's still people, until the next generation takes over, you'll still see a strong fax demand. And I remember the time when we went to a special Canon dealer conference, know, let's say 25 years ago, when they introduced the fax machine. And I was there and half the dealers were going, who's ever gonna <laughs> use that machine? Are you crazy? What's the application? You gotta buy two because you can't fax it yourself. And from that point on, that was probably our hottest selling product we ever had yeah. really. in the space of four years.
0: Wow. And it's still, I mean, 30. You would think the online sector would yeah. be higher than just half, but 30 percent still in faxing. That's yeah. that's a lot, I guess. More weathered management would still well, prefer the faxing. But,
1: but, you know, we still have a catalog. And yeah. you know, we thought the catalog would be dead, but no, people take the catalog, go to our online site and use the catalog as a reference to place the order. It's
0: true. The catalog is really okay. good. It's well designed. Yeah. It's, it's, it, as a brand, I think you've seen them cause we yes, last yeah. year we had, our, it was our photo that was in the catalog.
1: Photo. And that catalog takes almost 11 months. I believe it.
0: Yeah. It's very in depth with the, one of the last radio advertisements I was in, they mentioned that there was a drill set. I mean, you guys <laughs> have everything.
1: And that's, that, that's probably the biggest changes we're going to see is in the office supply component. As technology takes over, there's, and my son's a millennial. Like he goes to a meeting, I take a pad of paper, he takes his iPad, he looks at me like I'm <laughs> from outer space. <laughs> that's what I'm used to. But we know that supplies, you know, like pens, paper, file folders, it's all gonna go away to electronic filing. So we need to find a category of product that will take up the decrease of office supply sales. So things like um, our mandate now is whatever's used in a business. Because we're pretty well, we're a distribution company now. We deliver everything to the, the business. So and things do like it with style. So things like um, what's used in an office. So facilities management or um, break room supplies is a growing category because mm-hmm. they don't want their staff running out to grab a case of pop or get. They want to make sure that their staff stay in at yeah. the company. Uh, paper towels, bathroom tissues, cleaning supplies. Lysol disinfectant, clo- you know, cold and flu season. Everybody's got one. Kleenex, mm-hmm. they're all huge sellers now. So they've taken up this, the the uh, decrease of the general office supply market. The other area is um, health and safety. Big push by the government. To, you know, look huh. at all the things. You know, well, safety glasses, safety health, glasses. first aid supplies. Okay. You know. Uh, so, you know safety vests. You know we sell a lot of trucking companies or people that work in a warehouse. That's a requirement now. Are they here at this specific location? Is there like a yeah. section? Yeah, it's not. It's so it's it's not showing. It's not a retail. So item. So it's just it's in the catalog. It's in the okay. catalog. Fair it's enough. a commercial B two B product. Hmm. Um, we'll get it for a customer if they. But, but it's not a retail item. So, hmm. but it's sort of like everything for the office or for the business is what we're leaning towards. That's right. Yeah. And things like warehouse supplies, packaging supplies. You know, 20 years ago they weren't part of our product mix. Now they are.
0: I wonder. Maybe it's because I'm I'm not old, yeah. and you're not old, but I'm not. Thank you. I'm not young. My wife says I am, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm not young either, but I don't see pens or paper. I still. I mean I still use file folders on a daily basis I find it hard to believe that they will go I can't no matter how yeah. how I set up my computer I can't replace having a file folder like I like I guess I like having something physical to touch yeah. but
1: I guess it all depends on the individual but uh, you know our industry sees a decrease of three to four percent annually on what we call our core office supply mix and even copy paper. That's probably your number one selling product, and that's decreasing in volume. Hmm. Hmm. Because I guess more would... people print, elect- file electronically, and that's where the machine business is going. So that the desktop printer or that full-size office copier um, is being connected to the um, software packages that allow you to file electronically and store information in the cloud, all secured.
0: I think having the the copy center, although yeah. you're obviously not the only business around with a copy center, yeah. the mentality nowadays of the whole sharing mentality like Uber and uh, Airbnb oh, yes. yeah. to have a service so people don't have to make the investment and spend Tens of thousands of dollars on the latest and greatest copier equipment. I think even if the paper business is slowly going out of style, having a copy center.
1: I yeah, you know, I don't think it'll ever go away. And that yeah. was one of the additions we had, Jesse. When you first came, I think the copy center is only three years old here, and it's been one of our fastest growing.
0: The first time I came into a B D S was because I needed something copied. Copied, right? And three years later. I was working here yeah.
1: so. and that that was a service we shied away from 10 or 15 years ago because we were the dominant supplier to the print shops for of copiers. so it's got to be you know we didn't want to be seen as a competitor in the copy print business but that all changed and we started we put a print shop here and a print shop in Fort Erie and they're both extremely busy all day long I know yeah.
0: I am very well aware yeah. um, you, I know your wife is going to want dinner, so you tell us when you want to yeah, go. that's okay.
1: We keep can, asking. Pardon? There's a lack the door. <laughs> oh, perfect.
0: And we can say, because we, we know you're busy. We've learned with some people that...
1: Oh, it's okay. They were too busy to pass along dollars. So. It's
0: always interesting, before we were recording, and obviously yeah. now it was a very well-timed day of work that allowed you kind of back into the company with shares, but do you have any entrepreneurial advice aside from um, being lucky?
1: I was lucky or I, I saw an opportunity and when yeah. I was disappointed when my granddad sold. I have to be honest with you. Like Roger B. didn't know who he was. He, he, sold my, he took my granddad's business. That's why I had the passion to be involved. And I looked at him sort of an enemy. But once I got to know Roger, he became my teacher and coach. But you have to have that that spirit of entrepreneurship. You have to realize that you have to keep a smiling face. Because you'll have good days and you'll have bad days. But you can't pass your problems along. Uh, You have to put your faith in the people. And that's what I tried to do over the course of my presidency. to realize you, two things, you know, treat everybody equally. Um, your staff is very, very important in the business cycle, just as a the customer is. They're the ones that are in the trenches and dealing with your customers more times than I ever will. Our, our drivers meet our customers more times than our salespeople. There. Hmm. That's reality. So. You know, I try to have an open door policy here. I try to make sure that your door
0: uh, is always open, literally.
1: And the one thing you always, I try to to have respect. That's important. You know, it doesn't matter whether you work in the warehouse or you're a salesman on the road. It's a team. When a customer calls her, they're not calling. They want to talk to one person. They don't want to be passed off to different departments Mm -hmm. because you represent the company. The customer doesn't care that you have four different divisions and you have 12 trucks. They just want their needs fulfilled or good advice given. So.
0: That is very important. The you never know who, or you treat everybody equally. It, that's very important. That's one of the things we were taught on day one working in yeah. the film industry. You know, like you could, you could be walking next to Steven Spielberg. And he could be in just huh. civvy clothing, and you'll, you might you not know it's known. him. Yeah. So not that I've walked next to Steven Spielberg.
1: <laughs> and always make sure you, you know, when you, business is not always easy. You, you try to make sure that you fulfill by giving good service all the times. But reality is, you have a few shortfalls <laughs> and I think it's how you correct those shortfalls that gives you your brand strength and your trust in the community. And my grandfather, and my grandmother, and my parents as well always taught me to give back to the communities that you serve, you know. And that's you know, we, we make our uh, profit and our living from these communities. And I think we, as business owners, we have an obligation to give back to the community.
0: And you're known for it, you are. I mean, right. seeing the B D S logo kind of in certain areas of charitable work and whatnot, It. it do fulfill that side of
1: things. Yeah, it's not always monies, though. You can, you know, I encourage my staff here. They get involved in the Rotary Club, uh, JCS, Kiwanis. They do fundraisers themselves, um, and that's important because you don't you, giving of time is just as important as giving of monies. Some people value their time more than money, so it yeah. is obviously yes. important. Because there's, there's a lot of need in this community. So if we can do our mm-hmm. little part to give back, then I don't do it to get my name in lights or anything. I just do it because it's what I was taught growing up. So and I think it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I share that opinion with a lot of other independent business owners in Niagara as well. So if you ever do you because you're
0: obviously very successful, with what you're doing, do you ever take time to mentor new business owners or anything like that? Do you ever have the need to do that on a day-to-day basis? Or do you just, when you talk to people, like right now,
1: I'm learning stuff? um, I've done it a couple of times. Um, A friend of mine from Fort Erie, Neil Thornton, Hmm. Um, when I was first trying to um, develop a strategic plan, we never had one but I felt it was necessary that we'd have one. So I said to my management team, we're gonna have a planning meeting. They looked at me like, why would you need a plan for? Hmm. So Neil walked me through, but in the course of walking through, he had other business people that were starting in new businesses. So we would always have like a little network um, and where we would share informations, the good and the bad or what worked for you, what didn't work. And uh, we always had an open network. You pick up the phone and say, listen, I got this uh, crazy idea for this product. What do you think? Hmm. And even today, I'm a member of Tech Canada, which is a group of presidents. And the criteria is that are usually family-run companies. And we meet once a month. And there's, they have about 35,000 members in North America. There's two chapters here. I, I decided to join the. Uh, Hamilton Burlington chapter because I wanted to meet different business people and we meet uh, once a month and we it, It's confidential. We discuss discuss things uh, freely amongst ourselves uh, And at the end of the day, we might be from all different walks of life or different sized businesses But at the end of the day, we all share the same problems <laughs> or successes yeah.
0: I guess I mean Depending on the business, dealing with customers is dealing with any type of client. Yeah. There will be universal, universal problems, universal solutions to yeah. a certain extent. So having the, the framework of people is no doubt very beneficial. So it's good that you're still okay. involved in that area.
1: Um, or we call it therapy for presidents.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, because you got to juggle work life and, and uh, home life. Sometimes. Has it's that not always easy. It's not always easy. Well,
0: I was yeah. just about to say, has that yeah. ever been a major issue or have you been fairly good uh, at the balance? It helps well, that you do work with family. My wife,
1: says, I really try and sometimes I fall off the wagon, but <laughs> 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 but when you run a business, it's uh, I've been better in later years, but it was pretty well-consuming. Like. You know, When I w- first started off, you know, when your money's on the line, you work hard. You work six, seven days a week.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true.
1: And yeah. 12 hour days, so. But now I'm down to six, so I'm happy.
0: <laughs> but you're still here quite a bit, like on weekends and whatnot. Yeah.
1: you know, it's, you know, I tr- I'm trying to, um, I put together a strong management team, senior leadership team, and I've tried to, because that's my responsibility now, is to pass my knowledge to them and give them the opportunity to learn as I have. You know, I, you know they have a sort of a team. When I'm vacant, I leave for a couple of months. I go down to Scottsdale, Arizona for vacation time. But the, um, and I'm pretty confident that they run the company in my aspect. You know, they, they run the operational. They know their limitations. If there's certain capital expenditures, they need my approval. But they they talk it through as a team, and they usually give me the, the recommendation that I'm comfortable in making. it's
0: so. good. Uh, I guess having said that are there any you know future plans to retire to say Arizona or something maybe oh, that's confident. No, I'm a
1: Canadian first. <laughs> I love it down there but it was cold this winter but it was yeah it was yeah. cold yeah but uh no I think um, My future plans are are to back out of operations. I still have my hands in operations. Um, And then I just become a uh, chairman of the board and sort of oversee it. I'm still, um, I believe that the business needs to keep growing and um, I might, uh, I'm considering hiring a a president to replace me because I believe that. I've done this term for a few years. It's time for somebody fresh. My son Jordan's in the business, but he's in outside sales. He's 30 years old, and he's got a long way to, and a lot of learning, so he's not quite in that position to do so. But I've always um, felt an obligation to be in a family-run company and not prepared to sell to a a large organization. I like to keep it a Nager-based business. Well, that's, it,
0: it helps. Um, I think even at the size that it has become, and it is by all means a big kind of Ontario company, the family aspect still makes a difference because people would always come in and ask A, if like the Beatys still own it, or if Ted was here, or if I was a Hoxie, which was (laughs) I guess an honor to be asked.
1: (laughs) They thought it was Roger's son for a lot of years. (laughs) so um,
0: so the the family aspect still I and think we really adds value
1: and I think when you you work for a lot of years think like you better enjoy what you want to do and I try to encourage it like work can be fun but it's got to be serious at times but I, I try to create an atmosphere that we have respect in the workplace we have some fun doing it and we you know we, we all know we have a job to do and we have to perform but you know, to make it a pleasant atmosphere, I like people that like to go to work. Yeah. I think you you
0: cultivate that atmosphere very well. You and your team. Yeah. I don't have any negative comments mm-hmm. at all about the the experience it was I've never worked retail. it was a, it was very much a family atmosphere. Everybody was friendly. took me in it was nice that I knew the people beforehand a little bit, but other than that, it was a good working experience. Yeah. Um, just not to take off your wife. Are there any closing words or anything like that? Any any um, closing advice? Any words I'd, of like wisdom? Re- wonder. Well, Actually, oh wait, no. I do have one more question. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I I was going to ask and I forgot. You occasionally, I noticed. Do you have a artistic side to you at all? Do you have a, do you have any artistic um, Hobby or anything like that you you occasionally seem like a person who would But do you draw do you paint do you write do you do uh,
1: do you nope. landscape? Nope. Yeah, I, I like working in outside, so okay yeah.
0: Landscaping is a talent. That's sort of my uh,
1: stress relief i will go in the backyard and work in the gardens or I'm an outdoors person. I like going for walks and hikes and well, that's bike riding. Bike riding is nice. But I'm not a painter. Either I play I golf. That's golf is yeah. great. <laughs> golf is fun. I'm the high handicap in the Oxy family, so. But I enjoy the game. It's all about enjoying the game. Mm-hmm. So. that's true. I
0: spent a lot of time golfing last summer to make sure i didn't make a fool of myself at the pd's golf tournament i still (laughs) didn't do well but it was fun that's also something that's nice you don't uh because the head office is connected to the retail store and i know there's that 95 five percent split but you don't often as a retail person as a retail employee get to talk to the ceo of your company on a day-to-day basis almost right like if it's a staples the ceo is miles away from wherever exactly so it's a very very interesting environment to work because you're you're very hand well hands-on with everything and we always know what's happening and we get to see it unfold because we're right here so Mm -hmm. we're right here i'm not here i was yes Uh, we miss you Well, thank you i'm honored i'm glad i think so um that was good yep. I don't want to make his wife mad at me that's fair
1: uh, I said okay yeah
0: no that was yeah. great we'll sign off thank you very much for doing this thanks this for was, this this was nice and thank you for letting us use your boardroom yep. as well oh, no this problem. is the most official looking episode
1: that we've had <laughs> um, I've never done this before oh a well, long time ago so yeah. well
0: this we we try to do it every week we try to get different people sometimes the episodes are very long we talked to somebody last night for close to two hours. This one will be a breath of fresh air because it'll be less than 45 minutes, so it'll oh, be okay. easier to I listen to. I can go to. for another
1: two hours if you like, <laughs> I, we yeah. but you know what, I think, I think with all the changes we see in Niagara, St. Catharines especially, it's nice to see young people coming back and opening up businesses. That's one thing I want to say. Um, downtown St. Catharines, it was a sad day when I had to tell the mayor I was moving here. Um, it was mayor Mcmillan but he understood that my business was changing but I still go downtown I miss downtown I think downtown's great all the new restaurants the art center okay. but it's all they're all different and they're all young entrepreneurs
0: mayor McMullen is that Brian, Brian. McMullen yes. oh, so he's still here all the time too I didn't know that he was mayor yes he was I see I'm yeah. still new to I, uh, I've, yes. I've only been around for so long in Niagara, but
1: but there's huh. lots happening and I think as you know We encourage more businesses and restaurant trade the wine trade look at all the wineries um, It's going to keep our, our youth here because I know mean, when I went to school. I graduated all my friends left you yeah. feel I have the same feeling myself. I came from Brock University. Yeah, yeah. But look at the size of Brock look it's at Niagara College. Yeah, wow I, I went to Niagara
0: I definitely never went back home. I'm not going to be the person that goes back home to start a business because there's not many opportunities for a filmmaker in Tilsonburg. Vancouver. Well, yes, Vancouver <laughs> would
1: be a better, it's a true. better idea, but... Yeah, my best friend's son went there to the Vancouver Film School.
0: Yeah, That was a dream. Ni- Niagara had a, I'd like Niagara College right. and they had a good film program. It was probably more fundamental than some of the other film programs, but we learned everything that we needed to know to succeed with varying degrees of success.
1: Yes. But but I think it's important that you can never stop learning. I think it's important to have a, a good education and find something that you like to do, because you're going to do it for a long time. And that's the only thing I gr- regret in my career. I never completed my honors be it. Hmm. I made my first year and ended up in the family business and never went back.
0: I would say if that's the only, um, the only professional regret, that's that's pretty good. You yes. theoretically still could
1: go do. Oh, it. I still have all my credits. So, so <laughs> oh, <okay.
0: laughs> you could. That'd be yeah. that'd be an interesting thing to go do.
1: Yeah, I can be the old guy in the class. I think it's paid for now. It's free. <laughs> when and you're over a certain age. Is it really? Yeah. That's. An
0: yeah. That's a, that's a, I didn't know that. Interesting so idea for the future.
1: Yeah, I, I loved going to school. So, yeah. See, I, but I, you know, I never, ever, ever stop learning. Yeah. Every day I learn.
0: See, that's just it. School, I have nightmares about the idea of yeah. going back to film school or something like that, yeah. but I read a lot and it's different books, business management, I've got online marketing, so that's right. that's the stuff that I like to learn now. and I get to learn at my pace and I get to read what I want and yeah. learn and that's I enjoy it. I keep having nightmares that I'm late for a math class and it's <laughs> annoying. Yeah, English was never my favorite subject. Yeah. Science was my worst one. English I was great at. Math was acceptable. Science, I'm not a scientist. You are. Cool. But um, now we're just rambling again. But yeah, thank you very, very oh, much. Maybe in the future we're, we're still trying to develop what this is or what this can become but if we could have you on again in some sort of longer format conversation we'd like to
1: thank you for the opportunity gentlemen thank you thank you have a good night have a good night see you next week (laughs) goodbye